0: I am your host, Dikila Thompson, broadcasting live tonight from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for tuning into the Keep It Beauty show. If this is your first time listening to our show, we are so glad you've joined us this evening for this so wanted and needed conversation, you can catch up on all of our previous shows by listening to iHeartRadio.com and searching Keeping It Beauty. Every Monday, we're here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on W4CY Radio, where we aim to inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. As I mentioned, I'm broadcasting tonight at Georgia State University, where we will be hosting our first Girls Summit for girls 13 to 18 years of age here in Atlanta on August is six, which we're extremely excited about. So to register for that, you can go to confidenceisqueenatl.eventbrite.com. The event is completely free, so definitely check it out and share that information with those young ladies in your life that you know. Uh, I'm in town uh, meeting with partners here for the summit, as well as attending the 67th boule of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated at the Georgia World Conference Center. Extremely excited, as long as I've been a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha haven't had the opportunity to go to Boulay. So there's over 20,000 women here. So we've completely taken over Atlanta. There's a sea of, of pink and green and pearls everywhere and here celebrating our sisterhood. So this week has, has been a, a very, very difficult week. Uh, It started off, um, I I wasn't here last week, so those of you who I hope you had a great 4th of July, so last week the radio station was closed so we didn't have the show, but it started off where I had a great holiday weekend and then came back and logged onto Facebook on Tuesday and my news feed was flooded with a horrifying video of a black brand being gunned down by police. And a new hashtag was circulating, um, Alton Sterling. Uh, Sterling, a 37 year old man, was shot and killed during a confrontation with two police officers outside a Baton Rouge, Louisiana convenience store where he was selling music and movies on disc. By Wednesday, when I logged into Facebook, a Minnesota officer had fatally shot a man. identified by relatives as 32-year-old Philando Castile while he was in a car with a woman and a child, a four-year-old child, uh, in Falcon Heights, a St. Paul suburb. And then Thursday, uh, a 25-year-old man, Makai Johnson, ambushed and shot a group of people in Dallas, Texas, killing five police officers and injuring eight others. And he said that he was upset about Black Lives Matter, the recent killings, and wanting to kill white people, especially cops. My timeline then was filled with sadness, anger, and most important calls to action. Uh, My mom sent us a be careful text message to me and my brother. And ironically, I had already done the same to, you know, tell my brother, be careful. Anything's wrong with your car, make sure it gets fixed. You know, you can't be out here giving any reason to get pulled over by the cops. And I could visibly see the impact that it was having on my boyfriend as, you know, he struggled to get up for work like every day this week, and seemed to get progressively more angry the more he watched the news and as more things seemed to unfold. And we found ourselves sitting down one morning with just this despair, almost like, what do we do? because there's just so much that seems to be going on. So that's why tonight's topic is, is so relevant. I had a whole another topic that we were supposed to be doing tonight, but there's nothing else that I could see myself talking about than what's been happening. So our topic tonight is Black Lives Matter. Where do we go from here? And we'll discuss the recent killings of black men by police, the tragedy in Dallas. What do we do now? How do we cope And the Black Lives Matter movement? And I am so honored to have two community organizers from Black Lives Matter here with us this evening. Um, Key Williams is a queer, trans, masculine, identified community organizer with Black Lives Matter, the New York City chapter. A self-taught visual artist and graphic designer, they assist small businesses and nonprofit organizations with with communications, marketing, and social media. With nearly 10 years of experience in coordinating and design, Key consults with entrepreneurs in order to sustain the economic development along with affirming of black culture. Vivian Anderson, who is the founder and executive director of Every Black Girl, Inc., and a member of Black Lives Matter New York City, her work is focused around bringing awareness and solutions to issues that impact our most marginalized population, Black girls. She has been on the ground in Columbia, South Carolina, since October 2015, after the assault at Spring Valley High School when resource assaulted one black female student and then arrested and charged her and another black female students with a criminal charge under disturbing school law thank you so much key and vivian for joining us this evening welcome to the show thank you you so much for having having us. us (laughs) And thank you so much for accepting my invitation. I know it was short notice. I had something else completely scheduled for this evening. But I was like, I want to have a conversation with people that have been on the ground uh, to educate myself and, and our audience of what we could be doing to get involved. So I just want to check in, I mean, in the aftermath of the recent carings, I gave a brief uh, synopsis of, of what's been going on. I mean, how how are you doing? And, and really, how has this week looked for you? Go ahead, Kate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yes, yeah, so I mean, my week has been extremely, um, extremely difficult in terms of uh sleeping eating has been really difficult because first and foremost, we're grieving as a community and as someone um who's in this movement, also a black person in this country, right I'm also grieving for a lot of different reasons, so um definitely definitely grieving, but also focused and empowered and um you know definitely ready to to keep doing this work um and definitely not deterred um and and just thank you for like having us on the show and uh, we really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Keith.
2: Vivian? Yeah, I mean, this week for me has been, um, it's just a reminder, right, um, of everything that we've been saying year after year, and each time it hurts more and more. So it's really been a balance of, like, staying focused on where we are, but also remembering self-care And um, really like, okay, what's next? How do we um, start working with communities and people to keep moving forward? So it's been a lot of, um, who do I get to be in this moment? What do I need to do? And, like, what are the things I need to, like, pull together so we can have the world we're looking for?
0: And how do you actually find the answer to that? Because that's what I think a lot of people are questioning, like, what do I need to do right now? Like, how do I get into contribution um, to really be able to impact and change uh, at a time when it's so needed? Well, I know for me,
2: um, one of the things is like understanding it's not something that's going to happen overnight Mm -hmm. and really being clear with that, because I think a lot of times everybody's looking for these immediate answers, and I don't think this is a short-term um, problem because it, ha- it, w- it didn't happen overnight so it's not going to end overnight but more than anything it's a time where I've been in the community a lot being with people because people are hurting and mm-hmm. like they get to acknowledge their hurt and like be comforted with their hurt so like actually listening and because I work so much with youth I've um, done a lot of work around like okay let me hear from the young people right like let let's create spaces where folks can come together and You know, instead of everybody always telling us that we can't speak our upset and we can't speak our anger, actually have a place where they can, and then we can move from there. But if we keep telling people they got to suppress it or suppress it, it's going to come out in ways that we're not looking, that's not even part of our goal or our plan, right? So um, for me, it's just really um, like remembering that, Black Lives Matter means that I love me some black folks and where can I be and how can I be with them so they can know that they are loved and held and cherished even in these times.
0: So, I mean, let's actually to set the context for people that may have no idea because, I mean, we have listeners that are black, white, Latina, and people see Black Lives Matter as a hashtag, but it's so much more than that and it's as an organization. So can either of you just kind of explain just briefly where um, the Black Lives Matter movement stemmed from and how the two of you got involved? Yeah,
1: I mean, I can definitely jump in on that. So Black Lives Matter um, is a movement that was founded in 2013 after the tragic death and murder of Trayvon Martin. Um, and then we saw the following summer after the devastating news of a, of a all-counts being dropped against George Zimmerman, um, Co-founders Alicia and Patrice, Alicia Garza and Patrice Colors, um, put out this call on social media, basically a love letter to black people saying, black lives matter, I love you black people, your lives matter, black lives matter, and then Patrice um, understood the power of the hashtag and threw a hashtag in front of it, and then Opal came along and was like, listen, this can't just stop here um, and used her connection, so Opal, somebody, um, the three black women who co-founded it um the now Black Lives Matter Network. Um the following summer we, we saw um Mike Brown's dre- death and that just left a lot of hurt and pain and basically a lot of freedom rides were organized by Darnell Moore, Monica Dennis, um, Oppo, Patrice to get folks to Ferguson to to reinforce and support our community, reinforce and support our black people on the ground there that were really literally being faced with a war put on onto them by the state. Um and, and from there, when folks, you know, were, we're wrapping, not wrapping up at Ferguson, but when folks are starting to head back home, it was like, we can't just let this end here. This can't this can't just stop here at Ferguson. We need to go back to our communities, back to our towns, back to our cities, and really start doing the work there because that's the only way we're going to bring about change is if we move together as a network and a unit, but doing the local work Um so that's kind of like a, a quick background on Black Lives Matter. Um, you you do have a lot of social media impact, but that's just the fact of reflecting the culture that we're in, reflecting the fact that we are in a digital age. Um, and so as you stated, you found out most of your information from Facebook this week. You found out about the depths mm-hmm. of Delron right. Small, of Alton Sterling, of Philando. right? So you, you found all this out via Facebook and Twitter. That's where the main source of like movement actions, rapid actions. We don't have to wait anymore. The the, the tragic shooting of Philandra was Facebook Live, right? So here's mm-hmm. a black woman in the car. She's she's podcasting this live. She's broadcasting this live for folks to see. So folks now have the means and the tools in order to report on what's happening to them. Black folks have the means and the tools to report on what's happening to them, the margins within the margins of the community. Um so we're really taking advantage of that. But we are definitely much more than just clicktivists, as they like to call us. Um folks are out here doing real work. Vivian is doing real work. Um she's been out in South Carolina more than she's been home in Brooklyn, New York. Um
0: Yeah, I know that's right. <laughs>
1: doing the work, right? So mm-hmm. um So we are also on the ground, and just I'm gonna wrap it up. But like how I how I jumped in was, um, I have two very close friends who are part of NYC chapter, and they kind of brought me in because I was on the streets um, doing Eric Eric, not in the streets like that, but in the streets for organizing unaffiliated. I was just kind of out there with Eric Garner and Mike Brown, and just um, you know being angry. And my best friends pulled me in and said, "Listen, this is this group." you know when i would go to protest they would look out for me and so i finally came around and joined the chapter and i've been organizing with them for the past uh going on 2 years now um just doing doing work as a lead organizer with BLM and we are really close in and a, and a very close knit family um and i always say there's no other people i would rather get free with than them so
0: mm-hmm. all right vivian yeah
1: yeah absolutely um i would say i joined um life
2: lives matter After the death of Michael Brown, I was sitting at home, and although um, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll start writing another poem, and I knew I couldn't write another poem. Mm. It wasn't enough for me. And so I reached out to some folks, and they're like, there's a Freedom Ride happening in Ferguson, and it's been history ever since. (laughs) I have joined on with NYC. And been organizing with them, and as Keith said, there's not there's no other group of people that I will be looking to get free with than them because you know it's folks on the ground doing work. We have folks spread out right now, and still like even with nine to five and family commitments, they're still in the community um, like every day, all day. So that's how I got involved involved, and that's why I'm staying involved.
0: Mm-hmm. So, when you say organize, is, I know there are things beyond just the protest, because I'm sure you probably have opposition from people as to, you know, why should I get involved with Black Lives Matter? You know, they're just out there protesting, but where is protesting and, you know, boycotting really going to get us? So, what do you speak to, like, that kind of rhetoric that's against the Black Lives Matter movement? Um, well, I'll start.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, go ahead, love. <laughs> Okay, so for me, when I say organize, um, and we could talk about organizing against in a protest, I'm like, organizing looks a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's the roundtable discussions, like during a time when we're about to have elections coming up, helping people understand their power, what's the power of a vote, and how they can like shift dynamics in the community, helping them understand what's happening at a local level that's impacting Mm -hmm. all this, the larger narrative that's going on. And it's not about, um, and really protesting, and you don't have to be in any of the chapters for Black Lives Matter to organize for Black Lives Mattering. Mm -hmm. So when I say organize, it's not always, every. you know, we got some young folks, we got some older folks too that's like, yeah, I want to be out there on the front line. I want to interrupt business as usual. But we also have folks like, okay, let's start, like, my skill set is I went to school all these years. I've done law school. I've done this. I've been studying criminal justice. What mm-hmm. are the policy changes? How do we, like, start saying, like, with the broken windows policies or in New York City right now where safety beyond policing, what does that look like if we start defunding police and start mm-hmm. reinvesting in community into programs that's going to, like, shift the dynamics of what's happening for our young people? And then key mm-hmm. you could pick up, but that's where I am right now.
1: <laughs> yeah um organizing definitely takes many different forms um just kind of like i'm like viv you kind of hit everything um organizing what, what? Met.
0: <laughs> i said well if she hit it i mean there's plenty of, of, of other stuff that i that i definitely want to ask. yeah
1: yeah yeah uh, Viv kind of like spread it out so it's good
0: <laughs> so i guess then taking a in taking a step back what do you really feel the fundamental issue is you know, under all of this that, cause we, in order to really come up with solutions, we really have to understand what the issues are. You know, some of the is- issues stem around racism. Some people say it's um, because a lot of these things are happening in poorer communities. And because, you know, the crime is higher there. So, you know, the chance of maybe this happening in, you know, in an area in which, um, you know, the the incomes are higher for African, Nick Americans, maybe some of these 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 instances that we've seen are less likely to happen in those kinds of areas so what have you seen uh, or you believe is really the fundamental issues that we need to resolve uh to, to ultimately really be able to to create change
1: so um in, in order to do that we have to really like take a step back and and um and look at what it is and it's we as black people have lived through a past where you know our people have been deemed like not even human mm-hmm. um in this country so we gotta start with just the basis of this country being made for a system that continues the system and when I say that there are certain systems in place that need to be dismantled we're talking the prison industrial complex we're talking capitalism we're talking corrupt housing we're talking just increasing overall quality of life for black people um, and also that does include racism, but not just racism s- systemic racism and white supremacy and those are the two things that we' we are attacking specifically in our movement because that is the basis of all, most of the of all of the racial issues and even class issues in America is white supremacy and and, and the systems of, of racism how it affects it so we like to say respectability politics won't save you, you know, so you can have, you can be a millionaire, but at the end of the day, they still see you as a black man in a in a nice car, right? So you you still have the chance of being murdered, you still have a, the risk of being murdered, right. of, of your son being murdered, you know, you could be, you could be the president of the of the country and still be the most, dis, one of the most disrespected, right? But like... Right. So, so, like, to have a real honest conversation and to have a real honest discussion on the effects of race in this country and how it plays into the very like threading of this establishment of a very, very small amount of people having a lot of having the majority of the power, and everybody else just trying to get the crumbs at the end, and then some folks not getting crumbs at all. Um, because everybody's being pushed down. So like you, you have the execution of black men, we forget about black women. We forget about black girls being piped into the school line, school to prison system now heavier than black boys are. Um, so there's like a lot of different issues that we need to talk about, but they're all around the structure of, of white supremacy in this country.
0: So, in in a lot of uh, my my reading this week, and you know, I have um, read comments which have which are really (laughs) angry. Don't read the comments. Don't (laughs) read the comments. Made me so angry this week. Don't read the comments. Yeah, but there has been, of course, so much, you know, people's answer to black lives matter and and, is all lives matter. And in talking to a lot of uh, white people who, you know, just, I I think very innocently and ignorantly have no idea that they that they're of this thing called white privilege, and that uh, there is white supremacy. So in conversations like how do we i guess target uh this whole um you know I, idea of white supremacy when it is i mean something that's so ingrained in in our in our culture and um and in relationship to especially black people anyone yeah
2: well i mean cuz part of it is such a like so large topic, right question. but I know. yeah and I think part of it is like the fact that we're we're constantly explaining what we already know to be right,
1: right. Yeah. So um, I'll just piggyback <laughs> off of I'll piggyback off of that, Viv. Um, first and foremost, it's not for for me. It is not my responsibility as a black person in America to explain to white folks what they've been doing wrong with what we all know to be true. Um, there's a lot of information out there there's also Google that can there's many articles that, that list the ways in which white folks benefit from white supremacy just the fact that you are the default all over the world shows you that you that mm-hmm. there's at least a, some type of global system right that definitely prioritizes you and prioritizes your life and then when it comes back to um, the day-to-day of being black and the, the day-to-day of black Americans um, the, ru- the, the routine killing of black people by law enforcement it is is something that is very vivid. I mean, the blood is right there in front of us. We can't deny it any longer. So when folks say all lives matter versus black lives matter, it's just something we, we always have to discuss. And, like, having to constantly bring in white folks is just something that I'm really not into. Um, and when I say that, <laughs> it's mean, like, I'm not here to teach white people something that is readily able for them to learn on their own. Um, that's just, like, my standpoint. Um... On on it because the pundits, the pushback is not is not saving anybody, right? So like you, so like all this negativity that is pushed toward, pushed on us, and, and to like spread fear and division is really just an overall smokescreen for self promotion and to to take away political power, you know. So like, let's go beyond the tit for tat and just and call it spade a spade. Mm.
0: So in, okay, and now actually looking into the cases, because I know that, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, anytime there is um, a new uh, death that, um, you know, you all have been heavily involved and in really looking and supporting the families and so forth. So in dissecting the cases, because it seems to, you know, happen time and time again, where these cops are tried for these cases and they're getting off. So, what have you we discovered is I guess the fundamental problem there, because it's it seems like these these are some of these cases have been in all different uh, areas of the world. There are different juries, and they're all coming to the same. You know, <laughs> these cops are getting acquitted. So, what are we finding is happening there? As to why we're we're constantly getting to the same answer, it's like it's almost like we during some of these cases I just stop watching because it's like you you almost um, know what the answer is going to be and it shouldn't be that result. So I mean, what I I know you all have been really heavily involved in these cases. Like, what have you come up with?
1: So some of the things that we've come up with, um, which Viv kind of nailed on earlier, is the funding police and investing in your local demand. So whatever type of, whatever your needs are locally for us, for instance, we have a whole safety beyond policing platform that right now our focus, we've been focusing on the past month is taking away the $50 million that the police make each year for folks that hop the turnstile to get on the train. That is the number one ticket given out in America and, and sorry, in America and New York city right now is, is folks hopping a 275 metro because they don't they can't afford it and the, and the police are making $50 million off of that. So and where does that $50 million go? Back into the police force, which then re-enters into our communities and causes these deaths. Every 28 hours, a black person is killed by the hands of the state and or by a uh, form of vigilante justice, right? So like we're hearing about these cases because of what happened. It's, it was a weekend. It was a holiday weekend. We had three videos back-to-back, right? so mm-hmm. And they have a back-to-back but every 20, this is regular, and that is a problem, that every 28 hours a black person is being killed by the hands of the state. So we need to really focus on collective action in, inside of our communities, um, and abolish the failed system um, of, of policing that has taken so many black lives, and, and commit to new models of security and accountability. Um, and it, what that looks like in the interim, though, when we talk about helping families, it for for us and we do a lot of of family support, family justice work. It even with the case of Delron Small, who was shot on the Fourth of July by an off-duty police officer in Brooklyn, um, less than a second um, after after a, a car a road age and a road rage in, incident. From we helped the nep- his nephew organize his march. It was his nephew who put up the call for the march. Um, this past weekend, and he was the one that ran that march, and we just supported him in as, as getting reinforcements, putting put, putting the word out, getting cop watch, getting legal strategy around, but also on the personal end, setting up self care, setting up healing sessions for this family. Um, Vivian is gonna work with his daughter, um, who who's taking it really hard, um, and then being there on work, you know, past the. Past the the the, free, the funeral services, but this police officer is still working. He's still on death duty right now. We have no updates as to what is happening to him, what's not happening to him. So, like, we use our momentum and our platform in order to to call out for that ju- that form of justice and accountability within the system, um, very much while at the same time working to dismantle that very system um, because it's it's not working, um, and, and, and we've seen that repeatedly.
0: Vivian, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I wanted just... to add
2: that um, I think also we have to, like, to stop, to pay attention to the ones who don't die.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, I'm in South Carolina, right? We still have Nia and Shakara, who one girl assaulted in the classroom, another who stood up and said, stop, and now has these criminal charges still pending against them right? Mm -hmm. And so we want to look at like the criminalization and the dehumanization of black and brown bodies and black bodies that's happening and we only get upset. It's a temporary upset or we're like, oh, now people have to be held accountable. No, they're all stages of accountability, right? Because here's an officer he was fired from that district but he can go to any school he wants to. Mm -hmm. He just can't go there. So I think part of it is like when we're looking at this this whole, like we said, we're talking about defunding the system it, This and defunding police is because there's a larger conversation to be had on the over-policing in certain communities. And I think that's like a place where we start. And especially because I work so much with youth, I'm always looking at how we're over-policing our young people in schools and like, There are young people now, we got these recent black men and their deaths, but we're not talking about the women who've been left behind to mourn and stand on the front line and still Mm -hmm. be traumatized when a four-year-old girl has to say, Mommy, it's okay, I'm here, when they're, like, to be the comfort as she's watching her father being killed, like, that's, that's, that's a conversation. Mm. That's like a piece we have to look at where how do we have law enforcement officers that don't care about dead lives? They just not looking at black bodies Mm. as human. Mm.
0: So I'm actually, uh, y'all, all all of this is is having me revisit a lot of the feelings that I had last week and I'm starting to get upset again. So (laughs) I just have to ask, like, how do you really from a self-care management like perspective um, really deal with, with this because a, a lot of the cases that you know about many of us don't really know about because that's one of the things I were, uh, actually wanted to mention earlier even in the case of Delron Small his particular case hasn't gotten as much uh, media coverage as some of the other cases and it they it happened you know within days of each other so I mean why it, Is that that there there seems that have been in some cases, I think I heard a number of something to the extent of like there have been 500 um, black people that have been murdered this year. Is that correct? There's
1: been a total number. The total number is 558 people in total that have been murdered by the police this year. Um, Wow. Wow. And then I believe that there was 118. Don't quote me on that number, but I believe 118 of that is, is were black men.
0: Mm, okay, because I I heard a number on CNN and I was like, wow, that was a very very large number uh, to have um, um, been killed at at the hands of of police. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage? Like this, I mean, in dealing with families uh, that are mourning, dealing with the communities that are outraged, that are that are grieving. Um, Like, how do we? So, and and even moving to the tragedy that happened in Dallas, I mean, uh, not many people want to say it, but that could have been so many people. Like if you watch social media for too long or you listen to the news or watch the news for too long or you really start reflecting over, you know, I think I was reading something uh, with Philando Castro that how he had been pulled over by the cops like, you know, over 50 times in his lifetime with over like $6,000 in tickets. And I start reflecting on myself and thinking about how many times I've been pulled over. And I know that I was pulled over because I was being profiled. So it's just like it's it's heavy. I'm I'm it's heavy even just um um watching and, and and experiencing what you're doing from a distance. So like how do you how do you balance all of this? And like how do you support and and give people resources so that they can cope as well?
2: Well, I think um, he named it um, earlier on. I, you know, I'm just gonna say it for so like I have the dopest crew, <laughs> like a space, like like real talk, a space where your anger is allowed to be there without being questioned, mm. a place where you know that you can go and say, I just need to get this out, and at the same time, knowing that people are holding you and supporting you because we're all going through it, we all have the same feelings, and particularly me being in South Carolina, like there are times where I have to get on the phone and call folks because just because we all share the same skin, we're not all at the same consciousness level at this time. Mm -hmm. So a place where um, understanding like be it your spiritual space, your religious space and like owning those, because I think for me, part of it is like, as I mourn these black men, I also honor and uplift these living bodies.
0: Mm.
2: And I I believe that's been my biggest, like, and I don't cope because coping leads to, like, all other things. And we can talk about that another day. But (laughs) I'm always focused (laughs) on what does it mean to thrive? Mm.
0: What does Uh it mean to
2: thrive? Like, you know, the mission of every black girl is to create a world where every black girl can thrive. I don't want them coping. I want them to be able to thrive, and part of that is acknowledging their living existence and knowing that it's okay to have joy, to be loved, to, like, express love. So, for me, that's how I've been um, able to like be on the front lines and still do my healing and still do this work and keep moving and like not stopping because like it may not happen in my lifetime but I won't stop until I know in a lifetime of a generation under me it will occur.
0: Hmm. And Go has ahead. this has this been discouraging at all since you since you joined Black Lives Matter? Like have there been I mean, I know there there has to be plenty of, of obstacles, but you know I just love to know um what have some of the like challenges been um since the movement started especially since you became a part um in doing this work i would say that
1: um it is existing in the duality duality of blackness so like what what that means is like mm-hmm. i'm a black organizer and i'm a black person and i'm a black queer person um and there's just so much going on so it's it is very emotionally difficult when you wake up every day to another person another black person being killed in this country because you're like i've been fighting i've been putting in hours, I have lost sleep, I have done these things I'm building community and i'm I'm still I making a dent in it right um I'm still not doing enough um and that could be physically emotionally just overall as one person draining mm-hmm. um to t- to take on because you're dealing with being and also at the same time living. Like, and and you as a person aren't safe, right? So me as a black person, I'm not safe either. So like, it's not even like I get the chance to mourn my brother's death and I can go outside and I'm cool. Like, my brother died and I got to go outside and I risked a chance of being killed too. So mm-hmm. you're living with an ongoing state of what I, I, I call it, an ongoing state of gaslighting. Being black in America is, is a constant state of being gaslighted because you're constantly being told what you're experiencing isn't true. And then you're constantly in a hyper-paranoid state. You don't know what your reality is because like this is the society system that we live in and it and it, it affects folks on so many so many different levels but you know um you can't let your anger get the best of you um you know like this this movement is is literally just like, we're founded on, on on like you know di- like dignity justice and like the value of human life you mm-hmm. know like at the end of the day it's the value of human life um and a movement for black lives Absolutely. right so like that's what we have to focus on. I don't focus on black death. I don't view black murder videos if I can't on the you know, if I can avoid mm. it, I will. I'm not gonna sit there and and allow them to continuously show my people getting murdered again, my people can't even get peace and, and death. You know, you just constantly assault the black body, the black person, the black life. So it definitely gets difficult, but community is huge. BLNYC is huge, but also um personal partnerships and friendships, like my partners are great um, with me and, and, and doing self-care check-ins and having digital check-ins. Like, listen, I'm I'm only checking my phone every half an hour. I'm going to check my show, phone every once an hour, you know? Um, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, creating self-care lists, um, affirmations, going to healing circles, um, and really mm. always, always, for me, always being in community with my people, just being in community with black people, black joy, um, and that can look like different things. That can look like marching in the street on Monday and going to therapy on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> you know, for real, yeah. you have to take all avenues because you have to remember why we're doing this. Um, and also, we just we hold true to Asada Shakur's chant, and you, you, it kind of becomes like the movement chant. You know, and the most important line is that we must love and support one another. Um, and, yeah. and that's something we take very, very like I take very personal. Is um, you know, at the end of the day, that's like something. It is our duty to like love and
0: support one another absolutely so i so i want to make sure that before we because we're like uh we got like probably about another 10 minutes left it's it's crazy how fast these interviews go um the dallas tragedy um in there's been so much conversation around the fact that you can you know for one i just want to um also just put out there give my condolences to the families of the, the officers that were killed. And there's been so much conversation around that you're either, you know, you you can you can't mourn both that you can't mourn uh, the Dallas tragedy and also be, be mourning these black men at the same time. Um, so what has been the response because I've you know also heard a lot of conversation around the Black Lives Matter movement and all of this hate rhetoric or and, and and racism is the reason for why that tragedy occurred. So I and and I, I'm sure you've had to come to the defense of the movement in response to to that rhetoric so i just wanted to know what were your thoughts you know on the tragedy um and uh in response to especially some of the things that have been said blaming the black lives movement for that happening
1: um yeah i mean we definitely have an uptake and um folks especially from the far right that are against this movement um and so what we're doing is moving in into the area being proactive instead of reactive and controlling our narrative um, it, it definitely was a tragedy um, in Dallas for for those police officers to lose their lives um, I've been seeing this image at the same time I've seen this image go on go around stating that you know police officers choose to put on that uniform in blue I just woke up black you know so mm-hmm. um why is it the responsibility of all black people to take on like this one person who's not associated with the movement, right? Who's not, Mm -hmm. you keep pairing him with black lives matter and he's not with our movement. Um, you know, and he was actually a a ex-military, you know? So what does that say about the state Mm -hmm. of America? He's ex-military. He wanted to be a police officer. Right. Um, so like, we have to be, have real honest conversations about the state of America when you have someone like Donald Trump, who is the lead candidate. Who that is where media attention is. Like who has the platform? Who owns the media? Who's spew, actually spewing the hate? Right? Um, when my folks, when we get together, it's peaceful. Um, so you have these one slip-ups, for each and every day, black people are dying. And so, like, what? Like, I like to reinforce is that like the lives of black people are no less valuable than la- the lives of law enforcement. You know. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what we're saying is, like, you know, we won't, we, like, this is something we won't stand for, that like the routine murders of black people by an unaccountable system of policing, you know, um, you can grieve both. You can, like, feel for those officers and at the same time feel for these black men. But then it's about, okay, but what are we going to do to change this? Right? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do to change this? But also allowing people time to grieve. I think the first question they asked Alton Sterling's mother on CNN was, how do you feel about the D- Dallas tragedy? And her response was, "My son was just murdered 48 hours ago." You know, what I'm saying? like, right. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like we keep getting asked about the Dallas tragedy, you know, which which definitely is a derailment against like the work yeah. that needs to be done in this country. Um, you know, and, and and like, yeah, just being honest about about a full citizenship and humanity for Black people and what that looks like is is to me like what we need to reclaim and what we need to uplift.
0: Mm did you want to say anything Vivian? yeah i think um
2: so i'm not speaking on behalf of black lives matter i don't want to make this clear this is Vivian's okay. whole thing right <laughs> um because like this whole idea of um holding somebody who they said not that we heard him say but they actually said it this was a lone gunman who was doing his own thing if we're not holding Dylan Roof for Ku Klux Klan and police and everybody else for his one act when he went in in Charleston at Charleston I, there's no way. It's just another um, distraction and it's another way to keep affirming the fact that we have to keep saying Black Lives Matter because of the anti-blackness that assists in this country.
0: Mm. So we got, we got a few minutes left. I, I want to definitely... Um, give some calls to actions before we leave so where do we go from here you know what are things that people can do because i mean i i I can say myself and that's why i really wanted to have this conversation like trying to remain politically correct and not um Mm -hmm. you know wanting to be super pro-black On social media I've like kind of kept it quiet but this week it was just like you know (laughs) I I can't be quiet anymore and I feel that um a lot of people echo the same sentiment so it's like what can we do to you know not only just be vocal on social media and you know in, in other opportunities for us to actually you know just just speak up but what what are things that you know we all could be doing and i guess what's what's next as far as black lives lives matter is concerned um to uh really help us uh you know create some change and some and some and some and really take the movement to a, a whole new level cuz i think now everybody is ready and like you know want to know what can we do who do we boycott like what do you know what <laughs> what, do, what do we do who do you know who <laughs> Who do we call? You know that—that's where I feel like a lot of people are, and I want to uh, give them some tools and some information on that tonight.
1: So, Viv, if you want to go ahead and just um, loop them in onto every Black girl, how they can get involved in that—that'd be dope.
0: Okay, so
2: like, wanted to have you know, on every Black girl, we're doing a lot of work around the disturbing school law, um, which is in twenty-five states that um, talks about. Um, it really addresses how. The criminalization of black girls is happening and black um and the school push out how we're pushing kids out of schools into um juvenile justice systems and it's a um so it's like okay what's happening within your school system so um you can reach me at every girl at gmail dot com and i can send you out more information but also i also want to loop in that um and I guess that was one of the things when I said I can't write another poll. Mm. It's also about the everyday stuff that we can be doing because if you're walking down the street and you're not, like, interacting with black, be- black brothers and sisters, like, you want to you take a look. Not a right or wrong, good or bad. It's just what it is. You want to, like, be aware that that's happening. It's like, what does it look like to start figuring out? What are the broken window policies? And I know Kia probably um, talked more about it, but how do you get involved with safety beyond policing, right? How do you, like, even from, like, understanding what's the power of a vote, even at the level of your
1: PTA president?
0: Mm, okay. <laughs>
1: Kia? Yeah, so I'm going to highlight today there was this um, Pledge for Black Lives, Dignity, and Respect that was put out um by the movement for black lives or, which is a movement basically platform that a lot of different uh organizations are on, are in Black Lives Matter, BYP one hundred, um, Dream Defenders, mm-hmm. all the all, like all the black groups, that's where we are. Um so if you visit so Black Lives say it again. Movement for Black okay. Um and actually if you go on social media today, Shonda Rhimes took a pledge, uh, Angela Davis took a pledge, um mm-hmm. you know we we have a lot of Betsy. folks Mm-hmm. yeah coming through so if you visit action movement for black lives dot org you can really take a pledge and and um find out how you get more involved in in those things you can also um can
0: you, can you say that one just one more time because you said it kind sure. of sure action for black dot,
1: yeah action dot movement for black lives dot org action dot movement for black lives dot org okay um that is happening. Um, at hashtag M the number four BL on Twitter. If you look that up, it should pop up. You can also call your your like legislator. You know, demand immediate action, like defund and divest from foul policing practices. But most importantly, have conversation. Have conversation like with your friends, your families, your coworkers about anti Black violence and like the movement for Black lives and what we actually stand for. Um, to get in touch with, to to organize locally, if you want to join a Black Lives Matter chapter you can definitely reach out to one of the 40 plus chapters we we now have across the nation and across the world we're actually in London, Berlin, France, I think, South Africa, I think. Um, right.
0: so how uh, do you how do you do that? Do you go to blacklivesmatter.com? Okay. okay.
1: And you will find a contact page and then you, you can pick your state and a chapter close to you. Um, also look for Facebook and Twitter pages. Los Angeles just had a meeting, and the meeting last night was fifteen hundred people at the at the center. Ended up being a protest because over five thousand people came and joined. Um, wow. And ended up shutting down the interstate in in LA yesterday, the four hundred five. Um, so we're here. We have chapters here, and if it's not if it's not or if it's not organizing work, we'll find space for you. you we have healing folks. We have graphic designers. We have people who do street performance. We have journalists. We have you know, he, like healers. Um, so there's a, there's, no, I'm just saying that like, there's a space for everybody. You just have to mm-hmm. be ready to do the work. Um, and, you know, black, brown, accomplices. We want accomplices, not allies. Accomplices. Um, <laughs> um, everybody's welcome to have a seat as long as you're ready to like do the work.
0: So, and just some final thoughts before we uh, just wrap up this conversation, any final thoughts or just anything you want to say to, you know, just empower other black people and maybe even, um, you know, something to our white allies and, and, and how they, they can get involved and kind of who um, we, we, we would love them to be in, in, in this space to, to really help us make change.
2: Yeah, um, I'll go then, Keith. Um, one of the things I think we have, like he said, accomplices and allies like throughout the nation, if we're watching what's going on right now, but for like, our community, as we do these boycotts, what is the demand we're putting on our business owners? What are Because like, you can move all your money from one bank to another. Mm. <laughs> it don't make sense if we're just going to be spending in those same places, right? So what are those demands? Like really looking at um, build community, like go back to building community because it is home community. We start there and that's where the change is going to come. And I think that's part of um, the last thoughts I have. It's like build community, be in your community, like real, not just I live here and I go and do everything else, but like reinvest in community.
0: I got like less than a minute. Is there anything else you wanted to say key before we wrap up?
1: no i just uh no i guess i say black lives matter um that's it that's all i ever have lives matter. lives matter <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and any contact information for the two of you quickly vivian, vivian
1: anderson okay. hashtag every black girl um and then uh at blmnyc on twitter blmnyc on yeah. facebook key is black boy key on facebook twitter and instagram <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much to both of you for being on the show tonight. And thank you so much to our listeners for joining us this evening. If you joined us late, you can get the full show uh, tomorrow on iHeartRadio.com or visiting KeepingItBeauty.com. Check out I Am Beauty, Inc. for our upcoming events and apparel. Join us next week, same place, same time. Tell a friend. And I leave you this week with returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Martin Luther King Jr. Make this a great week with peace and love. Until next Monday, be beauty.